The Utah Jazz get the perfect get better game. They go back to the basics. They dominate the undermanned 76ers. And we'll talk about all the ways they're reminding us of where they are great. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thank you very much for tuning in. We are free and available on all platforms. And thank you so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen every single day. Hope everyone's doing well. Good morning to J.C. Ernst. Thanks for the email the other day. Good morning to all that have jumped in right away early this morning as the Jazz beat the Philadelphia 76ers last night in, you know, what can only be thought of as a get-well game. The Sixers came shorthanded without Embiid, without Thibault, without Green, without Simmons. Four amazing defensive players. They came in as the 30th-ranked transition defensive team in the NBA, and the Jazz took Full advantage of it. But frankly, having lost four of five, it's what we needed. We desperately needed a game where we faced a team that was short, just didn't have the prowess to be able to knock us out of our game. And what the Jazz were able to do is go back to the basics and go back to being the team that they want to be and play that way against an opponent who was incapable of knocking them out of that. So at Pratt, Ron Boone went to practice on Monday. I did not. I was in Portland, as I think I mentioned. Um, and when Ron was at practice on Monday, you know, just incredible pace to the practice, credible focus on getting back in transition defense, credible focus on pushing the ball up. Uh, all, all of kind of the reminder to the guys of who they were. In a sense, it was... Ron said it felt training camp-esque. And there might have been a little bit, we have all these guys returning. We had such a good year last year. They're probably not receptive from the beginning of training camp of going back to step one and step two. The reaction, I think, from the players at that point would have been, yeah, we got it. We know. We did this. You fail at it a little bit. And now all of a sudden the coaching staff can come back and say, yeah, we know you know, but let's remind you because you're not doing it. I mean, it's there is a whole game here that's going on for Quinn Snyder that is monitoring a way to get his team to the 70th game of the season. And in that 70th game, to have them better and more prepared for the playoffs than they've ever been before. And really, one of those might have been whether it was conscious or not, that coming out of training camp, you're not going to be able to say to the guys, hey, we're going back to the basics, fundamental one, fundamental two, fundamental three. Because their reaction is we're 52 and 20. We know what we've got to fix is the things that we lost to the Clippers about because everything else is perfect. 
They came out, and they didn't do any of the things that were normal. The ball stopped moving. They're not getting the regular shots. They're surviving it at nine and five, but they're not right. This suddenly allows the coaching staff to come back and say, hey, like, who, who are we? What do we want to be? What is the team we need to be? And how are we going to be able to get better? And we saw that from the Jazz. It's it's the ebb and flows of a season. Now, it was against a team that was simply incapable of being able to stop the Jazz from doing what they wanted to do. They just don't didn't have the personnel on the floor to do it. One of the things that was there a big reminder to me last night was one of the reasons why the Jazz don't look in sync with one of the reasons the Jazz aren't passing the ball as much, one of the reasons we don't look as normal is teams just will not let us play the way we want. Because if we play traditional pick and roll with Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell right now I believe is the number one pick and roll guard in the NBA. Last year, Mike Conley was like number three or four. Rudy Gobert is the most efficient pick setter roller in the league. You're just not going to let us do that. You do, at least you're going to do everything you can to avoid letting us do that. The, then the other side of it is if you play traditional pick and roll where you're rolling the big and Rudy's sitting in the paint, forget about it. I mean, even teams are having Rudy defend 1.5 fewer shots a game. Rudy holds you to 14 to 16 percentage points below average shooting. Forget about it. Well, we saw it last night. Andre Drummond is that old school big. When Andre Drummond was on the floor last night, the Philadelphia 76ers offensive rating was a 61. Now it was only 85 for the night, but it was a 61. So when Andre Drummond in the 12 minutes that he lasted on the floor last night was rolling to the bit middle and Rudy could stay in, in the paint and patrol and we could hug to our your three point shooters and let us play the way we always want to play defense whenever we can. It, it was a bloodbath. The Utah Jazz defensive rating last night was a 63 in the, or 60 in, in those circumstances. That's, that's when we're great. 60.7. The other side of it was that when Andre Drummond's in the floor where we were able to play pick and roll at the top, they're dropping the big. Rudy gets to roll. Our guards penetrate, kick out to shooters, and Drummond's slow, so we get to play in transition. Our offensive rating was a 139. So there it was. A very good reminder that we're a team that simply, when we get to do what we want to do, are incredible. And then the game we're playing this year is learning how to play and handling it when a team like the Clippers in the playoffs last year or Miami or Indiana forces us to play a different way. Every single one of our guys last night had a defensive rating below 100. Every single one of our guys, other than Trent Forrest, had an offensive rating well above 100. We, we had a all-around, consistent effort, beautiful game, largely because we got to play like we wanted to. A um, few other notes on last night. Just kind of fun little tidbits. 
Our passes were not up as much as I thought. It was 283. It was not over 300 or anything. Um, they ran 84 picks last night. Their offensive rating per picks was 0.65. What really was different for us last night is we had eight threes in transition. We made eight threes in transition. They came in as the worst transition team in the league. We last year changed the game by the fact that we came out and shot over 50% of our shots in transition last, last year, which most teams don't do. If you may have heard this before, but last year, our early offense, I've moved my notes, so I have to go to two spots for this, sorry. Last year, our transition, we took 13 shots per game in transition. Seven of them is threes, and we hit 43% of those. Clarkson shot 41, Boyan 45, Ingles 51, Donovan 36, Royce 38, Conley 43. Like, we were killers. The And this is my first six seconds of the shot clock. I don't know the data I'm pulling. I'm not sure if that's exactly the same. So far this year, we're taking one more, same amount of threes. We're just making 33% of them. We're fifth in transition threes instead of first. Last night, we got eight. We got eight transition threes last night. That is a ton. And that changed the game. What's interesting last night is what really actually in the non-Andre Drummond moments of the game got us going. And I don't know if it's a great indicator for the future or not. And I'll give it to you uh, coming up. It's worth worth looking at. The non-Andre Drummond minutes are worth looking at, even though this is not as good a basketball team as others. Today's show is brought to you by Calm. Calm, for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm and get 40% discount at premium subscriptions. Go to calm.com slash locked on NBA. Today's show is also brought to you by Intercap Lending and our good friend, Steve Carter. Steve Carter does amazing work for us uh, as our own personal loan officer. And what Steve is just incredible is he is hyper-responsive. He's in tune. I was talking to Blake, uh, to Brock the other day. He was at the game, who's their president. And I just asked, like, is Steve just the most amazing? And he said, you know what Steve's amazing at is no one ever feels any pressure. And so no one ever walks away from the experience out of having Steve do something that makes you feel uncomfortable. It's gr- so great to have Steve. He's our own personal loan officer at Intercap. The reviews are are perfect every time. Uh, Intercap is hyper-responsive. They embrace change. They take care of the borrower experience. And I've done two loans with them. My partner's done one. Numerous of our friends now have gone to Steve. Call 385-800-8528 or email me first at dlock09 at gmail.com. That's actually dlock09 at gmail.com. And I'll just connect the two of you. Intercap Lending, MLS number 190465. For more information, visit intercaplending.com. And I'm excited for your, your feedback and hear your review on what everyone else has had. It's just amazing experiences. If you don't go through me, make sure you tell them you're locked on jazz so you can get the locked on jazz corporate discount. Coconut brownie is back. Coconut brownie chunk is back. It's the best. There's nothing else like it. 100% real chocolate, 100% delicious. Go to built.com right now and just order it. Trust me. If you don't like it, bring it to me. I'll pay you back and I'll take them. Don't poison them though. 
130 calories, 2.5 fat grams, four net carbs, four sugars, and 17 grams of protein. Seriously. Well, I actually have a bunch and I want to order more just to make sure I never run out. But I kind of think my wife would be like, dude, you have like three extra full boxes of built bars in our house. You're not allowed to order more. So if you ordered them and didn't like them, then I would just have to justify it that way. 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, seven grams of sugar. The best bar on the market by far. It's built bar. The coconut brownie chunk is back. I don't need to talk about peanut butter brownie or coconut or mint brownie or coconut almond or salted caramel or raspberry or double chocolate or cookies and cream or cherry versus today. We're only talking about the super amazing coconut brownie chunk available at built.com. All right, let's get some of the comments that are coming in before we dig into the next part. Utah needs to be more consistent from the start instead of being too cavalier. I was starting to call them the Utah Jazz Cavaliers to stay on top of every game. They get out hustled most of the time. I'm not sure that was true last night. The Jazz are 10th in the league in first quarters right now. Philly was third coming in. Jazz were terrible in the first quarter against Miami. I'm not sure that, uh, you know, they were great in third quarters last year. First quarters are hard. Everyone's coming with their best stuff. And then as a game goes on and attrition starts to be a part of it, and we have more depth than most people when when I think we make our um, run. The other one I would say on that is you would see, and maybe in the recent games in Miami, I thought was terrible. Like, I, I don't think there's any question. If this was true that we started games as badly as you're mentioning, the data point would be that our starting lineup is bad. Our starting lineup so far this year in is plus 12.4 85th percentile offensively only 39th percentile defensively that's a little surprising so here's the data point last night that i think's worth just keeping an eye on so philadelphia switched a tremendous amount of the picks last night and in those circumstances the jazz were okay not great where they beat philadelphia was on drives where Philadelphia drove, we swung it, we attacked early, and in transition threes. And I don't know that Philadelphia's defensive is as good as some other teams with them shorthanded. And so we were able to take, that's where their lack of players took off. So the fact that we beat their switching defense and handled it better than we have in some other circumstances is nice, but I'm not sure that what we're seeing out of Philadelphia was a group that could, that had the makeup to be able to cause a lot of problems. Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert pick and roll was just utterly dominant against Drummond. And then we drove on some other things to get our offense. So um, I think that's, you know, I think that's the one thing I would say is maybe they weren't um, that great. A few other things on last night I just wanted to put out. George Niang's return was great. He's just the best. He's just a great dude. They're all talking about how their team chemistry is better than it's ever been. They attribute it because of the fact that Ben Simmons is out. I would attribute it to the fact they have George Niang. I'm serious. He's that amazing. He can single-handedly, individually change the impact and personality of a team. Second thing, five of the fight night was amazing. I should have led with this. Thurl Bailey was great. Um... The five-year-old girl who's overcame cancer was pretty hard to keep a dry eye on the house. Um, just a wonderful, you know, five for the fight is the signature thing 
that the Jazz do that's different than everybody else. And it's just a special, special event. We can't forget it. And before the game, it was just a cool, cool scene where Donovan Mitchell was on the floor. And I don't know the backstory. I probably should. I'm sure it's out there. Some family, it was our Smith's family of the game. And this little boy came out and Donovan had him throw him all his warm-up passes and just made the kid's life. Like Donovan's just amazing that. Uh, Donovan left the game, went straight to the locker room. Everyone went back with him. I have no idea. He never returned from the game from that point. Now, we didn't need him to, so I don't know if there's anything to it, but it's worth keeping an eye on the injury report and seeing if anything comes out. Uh, Ted, will Rudy Gay overcome the problem of bringing Rudy out? Well, Hassan has actually been pretty good this year. Um, Rudy Gay should give us some better shooting from the power forward position, some better ball handling and playmaking from that position. Rudy Gay should give us um, uh, I would say Rudy Gay should give us some um, veteran guile. And I think, you know, last night you could have played him at the five. But frankly, when Rudy Gobert's off the floor right now this year, we're plus 15. You know, that has been something we've been really good at, which we have not had a, been very good at in the past. Um, Blake wants to know, Rudy's voice was hoarse in post-game interview. I feel like he must have been more vocal than usual. I love it. Yeah, that or there's been a bug going across the team. Uh, when we were in Miami, a bunch of the staff flew home uh, away from the team Elijah Hughes, I think, has been hit by it. its non-COVID illness. Has just been kind of snaking through this group, um, and so, and, and I'm not surprised by this. I think you know, just in general, uh, there was less turnaround time. Uh, a lot of us, at least myself, haven't been exposed to much of any germs at all. Now, all of a sudden, traveling again, you're exposed. I'm, you know, I'm not surprised. You know, one thing that I talked about early in the year. And I, I would kind of say probably is something we, we should review again on why some of these players are playing the way they are this year. If you, the offs, at one point, I was talking to Gina from uh, Philadelphia last night. At one point this year, we actually had th- a 365 day period of time in which the last three seasons had all been played. The bubble, the whole entire last season, and then the beginning of the season had all been played in a 365-day span. I've told this story before. I'll remind you. I I looked at Mike Conley during Summer League, and he's sitting in in Summer League, and he's on the bench, and he's there, and my thought is, oh, look, Mike Conley's gone to Vegas to get his first run of the offseason. All players do it differently, but most players will finish their year in April or May, and they'll take most of May and June off, and then you know, maybe some weight training and things of that nature, but they're not doing a lot on their legs. They get to July, they go down to Vegas for summer league and they make, and they have their first run. They get their body back a little bit. They then go back home, use all of July and August to get ready. And usually with some good runs with college players, depending where they are. And then September comes and they come back after Labor Day to the arena, to the practice facility, do what we all now call OTAs, optional training. And then, Training camp starts in late September, early October. So they get all of July, all of August, all of September, and then training camp hits. This year, Mike Conley's at Summer League. And the NBA Summer League for 2021 
took place in middle of August. So instead of being there in July and then having all of July, August, September, they were there in the middle of August and they literally had two weeks instead of two months. And then they came in September to do their OTAs, but they, I'm going to guess because we're short, they didn't come and most guys didn't come the same way to their team in, in September because they've only been off for a little bit. And then you add in those guys that had Olympics, Dame, Joe, Rudy. It's not surprising to me that guys are off kilter and it's taking a little time to get into the season. I don't know when, like what I don't have for you is like, well, that means that this date will be when everyone clicks in. That's not entirely clear to me. Um, But it was, I do think that that's, you know, why are guys off? Why is Joe, like before we panic on Joe and Joe is not, does not look right. Like there's, I get if there's a little nervousness and panic on Joe, he's got an age on his birth certificate that it makes these struggles more significant than otherwise. Um, he's not going to the rim at all. He's going to the rim about 2% of his shots right now. He's not making his three. I got it. Like he doesn't look right. Um, but I also think you add the Olympics, you add the shortened season, you add, and it make may, maybe bodies just way off. Um, and I think the same might be true with Dame and the same might be true with Boyan and the, you know, and all our guys who are just a little, little off right now. You know, Donovan even coming off the ankle injury. I know he talks about how he didn't do anything this season. He didn't do his shoes. He didn't do his China trip. Right. Well, he didn't have any time. So these guys are creatures of habit. And when you disrupt the entire timing of their off season, I think you end up with seeing something that's different. Uh, all right, we want to do power rankings. What other notes did I have down? Um, uh, we stopped talking to the officials last night. Kept There were a bunch of times where somebody wanted to and stopped. It was pretty clear that that was a message from Ron that was sent. Jazz lead the league in tax. Like, stop. Uh, rebounding was good last night, 56 to 42. Um, along the way. Good question from Tyle Tucker. With all the ups and downs this season, how does this start compared to other starts in the Quinn Snyder era? We'll touch on that when we continue here. Uh, I've shared with with you guys before. I actually will admit I haven't haven't done a little bit recently, and I'm kind of bummed. Uh, the whole meditation game, doing all that, really has been wildly helpful to me. Um, it took me a long time. For a long time, I thought they wanted to slow down my brain. I wasn't interested in that. Um, what I did learn is that they're trying to improve my focus and get my brain to work that way. I have noticed that I think I react better in stressful circumstances than I used to. Um, and it has helped me sleep. I use the calm app. It's the number one app for sleep and meditation. LeBron has teamed up with calm to activate the power of sleep. When it comes to athletes, they tend to focus on, we talk physical on the other side of the game is the mental fitness and calm is the number one app for sleep meditation I love the calm 21 days to learn how to meditate with Jeff Warren. I love the calm uh, daily trip with Jeff Warren. I also do the daily. Um, I, I don't, it's the Tamara Levitt. Uh, there's two dailies every day. They're each 10 minutes. If I have a great day, I get to do both of them. Uh, check to go to calm.com slash locked on NBA for a limited time. Get 40% off a calm premium subscription with calm. You'll have access to nature scenes, all sorts of other stuff. Um, unlock the content until you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Calm.com slash lockdown NBA. Calm.com slash lockdown NBA. Give it a try and give it a real try. Like, I honestly, I'm just telling you, like, for me, it's been really, really valuable. 
uh, and helpful. Uh, BetOnline.ag is our preferred place to do your betting. Last night, the Jazz were an 11-point favorite. We wondered. They covered. We get no more bonus points in the standings for that, but it does make it a little bit more fun. Uh, Thursday night game, New England is a a 7.5-point favorite over Atlanta. It's been fun to watch the NBA fiddle with their NBA futures and their championship odds. After last night, you wonder what's going to happen with Golden State, and here it is. Brooklyn is plus 275. Golden State's plus 600. Lakers are plus 700. Jazz are plus 800. So the Warriors have jumped the Lakers after their dominating performance last night. In the Western Conference, the Warriors are now the favorite. Boy, did I miss this. Plus 300. Lakers at plus 350. Jazz at plus 375. Is there anything about the Warriors run here that's not true? Go to betonline.ag, use the promo code Locked On, and get a 50% welcome bonus. I'm looking right here. So the Warriors are the net. This is on dunks and threes. Warriors are the net one rating. Their offensive rating is 20 is six. Their defensive rating is one. Their strength of schedule so far is 29th in the NBA on offense. Overall, 29th. Their defensive strength of schedule is 28th. Okay, so they've done what they should have done. Maybe there's a little still not totally sure on the Golden State Warriors. The team that no one's talking about is Phoenix. And why? I, I, I They've clicked right back in. Phoenix's strength of schedule, Phoenix is only 10th in differential. Their strength of schedule is 30th. Ours is now 14th. It's really interesting. When you look at strength of schedule at dunks and threes so far this year. So Indiana's had the hardest strength of schedule. They're six and nine. They've played the hardest defensive strength of schedule and their offense is 11th. Like let Rick Carlisle dig into that one a little bit and get healthy and see what happens there. Charlotte's played the, the second hardest strength of schedule. I think this is right. Um, yeah, they're eight and seven. They've played the second hardest defense and the hardest offenses. Atlanta's third, Milwaukee's fourth, Boston's fifth, OKC sixth, Miami seventh. Easiest strengths of schedule in the NBA so far this year. Phoenix, who's 10 and three. Golden State. And so Phoenix, by the way, when you look at their adjusted ratings, which accounts for strength of schedule, is 19th offensively and 10th defensively. The Warriors are 6th offensively and number one defensively, even adjusted. The Lakers at 8 and 7 have played the third easiest schedule, then Minnesota, San Antonio, and the Clippers. For Western Conference teams, the Western Conference teams have played the strongest strength of schedule so far are Oklahoma City, Portland, New Orleans, Memphis and Utah. We're about even on our strength of schedule. Not a lot to it. So, um, interesting note, we're 25th in offensive possession length. Right now, it feels like it's we're for like we're pushing and playing fast, and it's actually not true so far. The according to Dunks and Threes, we're still the number two differential team in the league with strength. We're the number one offense adjusted. And number six, defensively adjusted. It's kind of an 
different way to look at it. We look at the NBA.com power rankings. John Schumann, as we always talk about, does the best job of anyone else there. The Warriors have to be one. I mean, their performance last night and just the way they're playing is incredible. Um, and they deserve that. But it is interesting to see that their strength of schedule is what it is. And I find myself, you know, as you kind of heard me, um, still just not quite clear what happened there. Like, I'm not sure how I, I mean, Steph is just superhuman, which is uh, incredible. Bulls, by the way, have played the 20th strength of schedule, 18th offensive and 20th strength of schedule. They're 12th offensively and 8th defensively. So are they real? Warriors are one, according to John Schumann. Um, the Warriors have outscored their opponents by 12 points a game in the restricted area. Difference more than twice as big as any other team. That's interesting. Denver's next at 4.6. So the Warriors, as much as we think about Steph and all the threes, what's happening is he's spreading the defense out, they're back cutting, and they're getting the rim. That's when they were at their best in their championship years. Everyone talked about Clay and Steph, but they were actually dominating at the rim. The Jazz rank, excuse me, the Warriors rank 10th in restricted area field goal percentage, 69%. And 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 the percentage of their shots coming in the restricted area is ninth. So they're really actually beating you by getting to the basket much more than people are realizing. The Bulls came in at number two in the power ranking. Brooklyn, number three, even without Kyrie. Washington, number four. Now, Washington, we'll have to see. But it's pretty been pretty fun. Montrez Harrell, 81% in the restricted area. They have the third highest free throw rate. Free throw rate is becoming a more and more important statistic in the game than ever before because of the fact that fewer and fewer player teams are going to the free throw line. So that when you are going to the free throw line, it's more important. Free throws are still the most productive shots out there. So that's giving you the best, you know, the best, most efficient plays. And if you're getting the line, it's a big deal. It's kind of why our offense is where it is. Phoenix started one and three. They're they're now rolling. The, by the way, DeAndre Ayton's missed six games while they've been on the streak. Um, they're allowing less than a point of possession over this defensively. And they're um, being fortunate and lucky. Their opponents are shooting 22% from three recently. It's also a soft schedule. The last seven wins have come against teams that have currently have losing records, um, though Memphis was six and five beforehand. Heater at six, Cavaliers at seven, Nuggets at eight, and the Jazz slipped to nine. Here's what John Schumann wrote about the Jazz. Efficiency is way down across the league, but the Jazz have allowed almost as many points as they allowed in any five-game stretch last season when their high was 115.4 over a 3-2 trip in March. They're actually allowing fewer shots at the rim, fewer free throws than they did over the last over the first eight games, but opponents shot 43% from three. So if you remember, when the teams were shooting 29% from three, we talked about how it was going to equal out. So we got on the wrong end of that a little bit. The defense has been worse in the first and third quarters, and the drop-off has been dramatic in both the minutes with Rudy Gobert on the floor and in the minutes where he's been off the floor. Having been outscored from beyond the arc in three of the last five games, the Jazz have dropped to second in three-point differential behind Brooklyn. Three of the last five games have come against top-ranked offense. 
Heat and Pacers, and number one offense in the league is in town Tuesday with the Sixers. So the Jazz answering that. So that's the NBA power ranking. Look, we always like to do that. Thanks very much for tuning in. Hopefully a little good insight for you. Appreciate your time. Tomorrow we get ready for the uh, Toronto Raptors, which is frankly always one of the worst matchups we possibly have. Jazz and the Raptors, thanks for making Locked On Jazz your first listen today. For your second listen, head over to Locked On Bets with Lee Sterling and your boy Q and get a breakdown of all the big bets of the day and get into the action with our friends at betonline.ag. Have a good one. See you.